Welcome to Two Therapists Talking. The hope for this podcast is to talk about important issues related to couples and individuals who are struggling in their lives with many different issues. I'm David Thompson, a marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sherry Christensen, marriage and family therapist. Please join us as we explore these issues together, and we hope you will learn and be enlightened along the way. Come find us at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast. Welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm David. And I'm Sherry. And we are jumping back into our episode about victimhood and why victimhood ends up hurting us. Yes. And so we've talked a little bit about this. We found that it was a longer episode than we wanted a single episode to be. And so we split it last episode. Yes. So we're jumping right back in. We're jumping back in. And so it might sound, you know, like we're coming from wherever we're coming from, but hopefully that's okay. Yep. We'll just finish up with these uh, last thoughts about some of the ways that it's limiting us uh, when we're stuck in that victimhood space. Yep. So enjoy. And and learning to not take all of your your feelings as seriously. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of these feelings are saying one thing. You know, I hear something outside that door and it sounds like a tiger. Well, there's actually not a tiger outside that door. There's not right. the threat that we're trained now to protect ourselves against because something did happen. Yes. Uh, but we almost have to start to challenge, is everything that I feel... Like, that's perfect. Is it a trigger or a truth? Yes. That's a really good challenge to start into. Now, some situations, there really are risks and threats. Yeah. Um, Often, though, there's not the risk or the threat that it feels like. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about also, you know, for example, the relationship suffers from choices partners make. But that person's worth or value does not. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it feels like my partner can completely wreck my life. But then when you go through some really hard things or divorce, you find out you are someone entirely separate from this person. And you were somebody before, you will be somebody after. But it will feel like their decisions, your very, not only happiness, Mm -hmm. your life, your future, your everything depends on them doing all the right things. As if you're completely dependent on them. Yes. Which we're trying to get away from. Yes. And you'll notice that um, if you've ever attended like an SNN group, right? That's like groups for um, for family, friends, usually spouses of someone with a sex addiction, right? So um, once you start, if you actually start really getting in there and really working the program and really applying it to yourself, you'll see this theme Like last time we talked about that quote that I quoted is from that literature, right? But you will start to see that, that one of the main themes is this isn't about me. Like their stuff isn't like we are separate and that's their stuff and they need to work on their stuff. I need to work on my healing. I'm a separate person from them. Right. right? And really that's what boundaries are. I'm separate from you. Yeah. I'm not enmeshed with you. I'm separate. So yes, your choices can have major consequences Mm -hmm. for my life, right? You could give me an STD. You could, you know, drain all of our bank accounts and then I could have nothing, right? Like there's all of these 
ways that it could seriously affect their choices could seriously affect right. your life. Right. And yet you're not powerless and you're not stuck. Right. So that's a huge piece I think of, of, um, reclaiming your power of stepping out of victimhood into what I can do and how I can heal and move forward. I love seeing people who are coming out of those groups who are really working those programs. These women, they're like, okay, I'm not entirely sure how this is going to go with, you know, my spouse isn't choosing to do anything to make better choices. So I'm going to go, you know, finish my education. I'm going to go get a job. I'm going to go do some of these things that I can have something there in case, you know, if they continue to make these choices and they continue to not show up. And the same thing happens then as you're in relationship and you're working and you can, it's harder sometimes to think about that, but sitting with and going, okay, is this trigger or truth? What are the facts? How are things going? You know, um, and if I'm unsafe, how exactly can I sort of force myself to break that down? And maybe I find that it's not what it feels like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I, so I think it's really important to connect the feelings with the, like the brain, right? Like put those two together and allow that prefrontal cortex an opportunity to walk through um, what's happening fact wise and, you know, connecting all that together so that you have a better idea of what's going on. Right. Cause right. again, you can be triggered really strongly with something that's actually really small. Right. So as you pull that apart, you can go, Oh, okay. So this is, this is kind of the nuance of what happened. And so, and you see this a not lot as big as maybe I think it is. Yeah, you see that a lot when we're trying to set boundaries around what behavior is okay, let's say, in addiction. Right. And it becomes tighter and tighter and tighter. Mm-hmm. Like you may not um, use these sites. In fact, you need a flip phone. In fact, you need to send me pictures when you leave and when you arrive. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're getting more and more and more restrictive as if, you know, that's the only way for us to feel okay. And right. that's kind of a wild goose chase. You could be on that path like for a long time, yes. which which is another reason why victimhood is so hard is it, it tends to put you by yourself. It's a lonely place to be. It, in order to be safe, you feel like you have to separate from so much of what's going on around you, which has you know, the reverse effect of the person maybe you're trying to rebuild with feels very isolated and alone. Mm-hmm. And they feel like they can't be good enough. They can't do everything right. What you see more is what they're not doing or what they're doing wrong than what they are doing. And that is definitely a theme where if I can slow them down and say, well, what progress have we made? And we start to really think about it. They've come a long, long way, but they're not seeing it until we slow it down and say, well, hold on now. Are you worried about this? Well, no. Are you worried about bills not being paid? Well, not, not exactly. Are you worried about, you know, he's not going to watch the kids like he said? Or, well, no. And it's helpful to slow down and, and kind of see how far you've come. I guess a lot like maybe if you're, all these good analogies, you're hiking and it's up and up and up and up and hard and hard and hard. But if you never stop and turn around and see how far you've come yes. and see the view from up here, it's only going to feel really hard and heavy. So yeah. it's a lonely place to be when we stay in that 
mentality and we want to try to avoid that because it's not just for you lonely your partner who's trying to reconcile with you for right. the most part and is still learning their stuff they feel lonely too and what do we do now with these two lonely people yeah it's sad that are feeling hopeless and right they're never going to change hopeless is and... definitely one of the worst parts here yeah 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 and and obviously there are situations and um, people who are not trying to yeah. do better, right? Um, and that's, again, then then you're going to have a little bit stronger boundaries and things like that. So yep. we don't want to discount. We're saying, well, of course, your you know, partner is trying to do better, and they're like doing all these things, and you're just not seeing it, right? There, there are definitely instances out there where that's not the case, and they aren't actually doing better or trying. Right. So... Again, this is where it's fabulous to have a therapist, really important, where you can go in and work through some of those things, where you can work through the trigger versus truth, where you can work through, okay, what what has changed and, and how are they better versus not better or are they trying at all and, you know, walking through the boundaries around those things and, um, you know, because I think we've seen it both ways. Right where um, that stuck victimhood space uh, for the spouse actually um, is preventing their relationship from moving right. forward and um, shutting down the possibility for healing and regrowth, and also seeing situations where where it's the opposite, where that partner keeps giving and trying and giving and trying and giving and trying, the other person is right. not even involved, like they're just not even interested. In, in showing up in relationship, and that's also hurtful, right? So again, we're never trying, we're not trying to say like, well, there's definitely just something wrong with you because clearly your partner, whom we don't even know, is trying to do all the things and you're just not right. being willing to see it. But again, this is one of those spaces where we go, okay, let me like sit with this a minute and see, could there be some truth to this? Can I take this concept to my therapist if I'm either unsure or absolutely certain that there's no way that this could possibly be any. And I just need <laughs> right. to like, you know, cramp down, like just on them hard enough and then they'll be okay. Like, okay, maybe like take that concept to your therapist and talk about it. And especially because they're going to be understand what level of healing you're at and how to kind of walk you through those spaces. Right. Yep. Um, so another one of the, the ways that being in victimhood can limit you is that it's taking a big toll on your emotional well-being. You are <laughs> Which just, you already know if you're listening to this and, right? and maybe you have some of this. It's exhausting. Yes. You're constantly getting flooded. You're yep. constantly having all this negative stuff. You're constantly on a roller coaster, right? Because everything that you're doing or how you are, how you are doing is like based on every little decision and choice that they're making. Right. If they look today like they're doing a little bit better or whatever, then it's like big high. And then if you're if they make a mistake or something, then it's this huge drop. And right. you're just on the crazy roller coaster all of the time. And, you know, if you're familiar with groups and stuff around, you know, these betrayal trauma types of stuff, you hear that a lot, especially from people who are new coming into those groups. That's the... The, the thing that they talk about, like, oh, I'm on the crazy train. Like, it's just a yeah. roller coaster. It's, like, up and down and up and down. And that's, again, where we learn to get, you know, we teach these people to get off of that 
crazy train and start finding their own power and setting healthy boundaries and regulating themselves and healing themselves um, from from what's happening. So it's it's just a it's a roller coaster. It's exhausting. It's very disempowering. Right. There's no power in it. There's really yep. not. It's all dependent on somebody else, right? Yep. Um, which, you know, one of the most important things here too, because um, this podcast has already been going now for a bit, <laughs> a little bit longer one for us, but uh, it prevents growth. It yeah. prevents moving forward. We're we're much more in a defensive position than mm-hmm. we are playing offense. Yeah. Which is going to get us stuck. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to recovery or healing, literally healing is movement. You can't be rigid and inflexible or you probably won't survive. Right. You're like the tree who's got to be able to bend in the wind or you'll snap. Mm-hmm. And so empowering mindsets, growth, progress, moving forward, learning, being open and willing. This is what we need. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we want to look at like, again, and this I feel like can be a triggering phrase for someone who's been victimized. Like we want to look at the parts that are ours. Yeah. Right. And it it is, it's a very, like, it can be a really hard thing. So it's like, well, this wasn't, it wasn't my fault that this happened. And again, that's true. It's 100% true. true. We are not arguing that at all. What part have, what part am I playing that might be keeping me stuck? Right. And again, this victimization place is a really good place to just check out because it may be a space that you don't realize or think about being in. And and good timing maybe to just put another plug in here for, you know, the opposite of addiction is connection. Right. And it's feelings of loneliness or isolation or failure and inadequacy that will feed these negative, less effective habits and patterns more than anything. Mm -hmm. So the last thing you want to do if you're helping someone overcome addiction and still figuring out how you support them, right? Um, We don't want them to feel uh, like they're constantly failing. They're constantly making wrong decisions. Now, they may be completely checked out of a recovery process, and that's different. They may have no desire to do anything for this relationship or for themselves right now. That's different. In my experience, that's rare. Most of the time, people come in, um, they want to do. They just don't know how or they don't know where to start. They're overcome with shame. And so we want them to feel connection. And it doesn't mean any of this is your fault. There were likely relationship patterns where you just weren't feeling very connected. And again, they weren't opening up very much. And so it's hard to connect to somebody that doesn't share very much. They absolutely are contributing to this. Um, But we just want to keep that in mind. How can we create a relationship where there's more connection, there's more closeness, and maybe Often it's like I'm running a house, I'm doing kids stuff, I'm doing important things. This is all really good and they're good, they're fine, but they're feeling lonely. They're feeling isolated. They're feeling abandoned or rejected. Um, And we're just kind of, we don't know. And they're not communicating and we can't read their mind. So this isn't somebody's in trouble. It's just notice the pattern. how do we create more closeness and connection? And if we're, if we're getting stuck in recovery or if we're stuck in victimhood, 
we're thinking withdraw and isolate more. We're not mm-hmm. thinking connect and draw together. Right. And right. again, if they're completely, <laughs> they don't want any part of recovery or coming together, that's different. But yeah. I think that's rare. For the most part, they don't know how. They're afraid. They feel hopeless. They feel like they can't do everything they need to do. And it's just a very hard place for them to be. So keep that in mind. Right. And again, we're also not saying it's because this is typically a, a core belief that a lot of people, um, spouses coming into recovery, just have intergenerationally or whatever that it's now it's. So basically what you're saying, David, is that it's my responsibility to be in charge of their feelings and emotions, <laughs> right? And make sure that they never feel lonely or isolated or whatever, right? And that's not what we're saying. That's not what David's saying. He's saying that, remember, we have three separate entities. We have both of you and you're responsible for what goes on in your own circle. You're responsible for your own happiness. You're responsible for your own healing. You're responsible for your own growth. All of that. But when we're talking about that central, that center relationship circle, this right. is what we're talking about. Right. If I would like to be, to show up in supportive ways in my relationship, how can I do that? Right. What would that look like? And, and in ways that are safe to yes. do. Yes. We're not asking you to be more vulnerable than they've kind of demonstrated they the can trust. be yes. trustworthy, right? So yes. I, I always say, you know, just put the tip of your finger over there and see if it yes. gets hurt or not. And if it doesn't, then maybe put your hand in. I mean, you get to control how close, how vulnerable you're going to be as you start to rebuild. Yes. Um, so relationship, definitely. Thanks for the yeah clarity. Yes. Super important as we're looking at that. But we want to make sure that, you know, you're being aware of, of relationship, of how you can invite um, in relationship um, and support healthier patterns. Yeah. Um, but again, yes, I love that. Not more than, not more than they have demonstrated that they are um, right. able and willing to do in ways that they're not, you know, ways that they're showing up. Yep. So, Okay. There's some it's good. Yeah. This is our longest podcast in a long time, <laughs> but it, it was good, I think, because we want to treat this subject delicately, tenderly, yes. empathetically enough that um, if you struggle with this in any way, right, you feel Which like I we feel understand. Like there's so much. There's so many yeah. different nuances and ways that that can show up, and yeah, and it can be hard when we've been victimized and been hurt deeply to to be able to see um or even feel safe enough to look at how can i be move forward yeah so okay i think we have a, at least one more on this topic well, I'm maybe guessing two. at least one probably two <laughs> yeah we just want to cover i we just really, really want, want to color. cover this well. Yes, yes. I it's really do. It's so big. I can see it now where I say, hey, you know what? Maybe the easiest thing would be to go listen to the podcast episodes. Yes. Then let's talk about it. Um, maybe I'm just trying to make my job easier. <laughs> but I hope that that's something that will benefit you and and me both moving forward. So Yeah, that's, that's a good space. And I think there's just so many nuances to it. Um, and important considerations on both sides, right? Like 
you know, what I always say, you know, healthy living is balanced living. And with some of these trickier spaces, it can be really challenging yeah. to find where that balance is, where I'm not going too far into victimhood versus just letting people walk on me because I think that's what I'm right. supposed to do in order to be a good spouse or whatever. Yep. So join us for some more on this topic. Please do. See you soon. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.